not happen for an age. What's that? Tis a gathering. Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast, all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 53 and boy have we got a doozy for you today because uh, this is this is probably the, well it's definitely the furthest I've ever travelled for a tournament and it's a very exciting one because I've got, there's a new army to talk about, there's new models to talk about, there's lots of new uh, people to talk to hopefully um, because I'm travelling long and far i mean it's not super super far because it's literally only over one border but we are very excited i'm going to be getting on a plane and flying to ireland uh, because this is the I, I can't actually pronounce it it's uh, it's it's an it's got, got irish or elvish i don't quite know which uh, a title it's inodian no nodia dad or something um either way this is the ihl's uh, open this is the sort of leads you to get to the Masters in Ardacon. Uh, it's also a major tournament in Ireland because it's one of the more competitive Great British Hobbit League and the Irish Hobbit League uh, tournaments. This is a big one. It's going to be quite a small tournament, but a big tournament by Irish standards. So I think it, plus 20 or thereabouts people. Uh, and from what I gather and from what I know from uh, some of the Irish uh, fellas that I uh, regularly have played uh, or spoken to anyway uh, at tournaments in the UK they're all very good players um, you may remember a while ago uh, we spoke to Donal uh, on the podcast um, I think he beat me I'm pretty sure he beat me um, and we've I've spoken certainly about and to um, Dave and Dave Coleman and Ivan Sheehan as well both of whom are excellent players uh, from the island area uh, and lots and lots and lots of uh, lots and lots of people there are I think I think it's fair to say you know um that all of the players that are over there, although there's very few uh, by comparison to the UK and maybe even other scenes, um, there's you know they kind of they work really hard and they uh, play against each other, so they become excellent at the game because of that. So I'm really excited to go. Of course, this takes in a plane journey. Um, it's it wasn't that expensive as a plane journey, but uh, it's all the hotels and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's quite a big trip for me. I'm very excited. Uh, you may actually have already seen a video um, that I've posted onto Battle Games in Middle Earth the YouTube channel, uh, which takes in the very first game of the tournament. I basically turned it into a mini battle report, and I'll I'll fess up now because I don't mention in the video, which I really should have done, but I, I belatedly uh, I published it already without actually giving fair dues. But uh, both the video is based largely uh, and stolen the idea largely from Battle Camper on YouTube and um, Alex Temple, uh, who's a lovely bloke and um, has a fantastic YouTube channel called Battle Camper, where he gets in his little camper van and goes around the world, uh, around the country, sorry, um, competing in tournaments and. And, uh, painting in unusual places, including painting horses in the Forest of Dean where there are ponies wandering around. It's absolutely fantastic. Is it the Forest of Dean? Anyway, wherever it is, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. You definitely should check it out. And I kind of have, I kind of stole it, um, the the format or sort of, um, because he he's given me a lot of advice on how to try and do a battle report on the run or, or on you know uh, while on the road so um do check that out it's uh, it's on my youtube now, channel now battle games in middle earth and also it was kind of inspired um by uh, Z- uh zorpa zorpa some of zorpa zorpa's early videos really interesting he's done a 
he did a little series ages ago where he travelled to New Zealand and took his troll with him and looked at some of the locations and all that sort of stuff. So uh, inspired partly by that as well, which is really exciting. So I'm glad to ape their style, even if I don't quite manage it as well um, as those two. But either way, so something entertaining. And I thought I wanted to make something uh, special of it because Michael Bradford, the tournament organiser, is an absolute gent. And he uh, he's sort of messaged me, asked me, asking me to come over to Ireland uh, a couple of times. And I've been unable to do it, but I've, you know, I'm quite happy to... Uh, uh, say that I wanted to come over at some point and um, finally made the moment so very exciting very exciting really enjoyed um, uh, really enjoy the, the the prospect of going to Ireland and um, the tournament itself is looks to be an interesting one now I, I don't fully understand the the way the rules work uh, we'll speak to tournament organizer Michael Bradford later on uh, but from what I the kind of gist I get because there's a small field often in Irish tournaments they run tournaments in a slightly different way so it's an 800 point tournament and essentially at each game you get a minimum of 12 VPs and then you add your VP difference to that so you can get a maximum of 24 um, so the, and the idea being that, uh, that and then, of, then there's something about if you win by a very small margin you always have plus 3 to your VPs um, just to reflect the fact that a win is still a win um, so I don't quite know how this uh, varies the, the pool but we'll find out a little bit more later it's certainly an intriguing way and I'm sure those people who are a bit more sort of savvy about maths will kind of understand the, the benefits when we hear from Michael Bradford later on uh, but either way, 800 points. And of course, I'm traveling um, over on a plane, so I have to travel fairly light. So sadly, the Eastlings uh, aren't going to be able to come. I didn't want to risk them on the plane. So without much further ado, let's crack on and build the army. So as I mentioned, 800 points. Um, I... I've decided because I've been playing a lot of evil armies recently, um, except of course for my uh, Pass of the Druid, and um, which I've been doing as part of a slow grow league in Lincoln. Um, which, by the way, uh, a bit of a side note here, uh, should be the next episode. I will have the conclusion to the slow grow league, which you may remember I'd won all my games in the slow grow so far. Uh, can I uh, go the whole distance and finish it all off? We'll find out in the next episode. Um, but for this episode, 800 points, um, talking about the army that I will be taking to this tournament I've already described and essentially I'm going to take as few models as I possibly can but I actually still want to take an army so what I've done is I've started with two massive heroes so let's go with the first one to make things clear Aragorn King LSR mounted on his horse for 240 points so already we've got a big chunk of points spent and he's his friend and ally will be Gandalf the White with Shadowfax. So we're spending 480 points on two models. And, you know, that's that's a that's a big move. That's a baller move, isn't it? It's to, you know, holding up a middle finger and saying, look, bring it, guys. Um, I, I guess there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of weight on these guys' shoulders. But there's plenty of guys with them. So in Aragorn's Warband, we've got seven Warriors of Minas Tirith with Shield, six Warriors of Minas Tirith with Shield and Spear, three Rangers of Gondor with Spear, and a Guard of the Fountain Court with a Shield and a citadel guard with a longbow. So in there you've got four bows, you've got five fight four models, and you've got 13 warriors of minister who of course have shield wall and they have the the, uh, the spears, but essentially they're just there to shield or, or to slowly chip away or, or slowly die. Um, and you've got enough fight four in there, so you've got four that you can sort of spear support and fight for in, in sort of important places. So that's the plan. 
Gandalf, the White's Warband, has five warriors in Ministerial Shield, four with shield and spear, uh, one uh, warrior with banner, shield and spear. Now, I did Ominar about the banner because, obviously, Aragorn, King LSR, he gives a six-inch banner, so, you know, that's very useful. But I I, I thought, two warbands, would I want to desperately be spending all my might to make, uh, make them arrive in the right places if I split them up? do i you know am i gonna have enough banner coverage in my sort of shield wall especially if aragorn's kind of on a flanking mission or going off to kill something that is uh, further away from the main battle line all these different things and of course for objectives where uh sorry scenarios where the banner uh, being alive at the end of the game is worth points um i thought i'd need one so uh, that's why i've got it and i think i think it'll probably be the right move um, then we've got, as well as that, we've got a Knight of Minas Tirith with shield. Um, we don't have a lot of fast-moving stuff in this army, so um, I thought I'd put a Knight in there, mainly for things like Seize the Prize or Recon, um, but I, I guess it's also useful to have another mounted thing to charge and take away charge bonuses from big heroes or to uh, just, he's got a Lance, so, you know, he's not bad, but I'm not going all in on um, Knights, that's for sure. Finally, three Rangers of Gondor with Spear and uh, Guard of the Fountain Court with a Shield. So, in total, 35 models. So, not terrible at 800 points, especially considering the the mighty, mighty two heroes. I've got seven bows, so uh, one of them's a long bow as well. So, you know, an elven bow equivalent. Uh, strength three bow. Um, and I've got six points of might, of course. Aragorn's is uh, invincible. Uh, invincible? It's... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, it is everlasting. So uh, Aragorn, um, of course, if you don't know Aragorn, he's he's good. He's got three point of might every turn. He's got um, Anduril, Flame of the West, which means I wound everything on fours. Um, he's just as good as you would expect. Gandalf the White, he's pretty much a, a jack of all trades. Um, not sure he's a master of none. I think he's got a lot, lot going for him. But of course, you have to do well with him. 240 points. It's tricky to get what you need out of him, I think. So... We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, he's got uh, the, he's got the uh, horse that's harder to wound and it's harder to magic. So that's a start. Um, he's got strength five on the charge. He's only got two attacks, but better than Gandalf the Grey, I suppose. Um, and he's got, uh, you know, he's 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 got strike and he, he's got all those sorts of things. So he's good and he's got all the casting, you know, twos to immobilize people. I think it is Sorceress Blast and a four plus. Um, you know, he's he's top 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 stuff. We'll just have to see if I can. You know, kill 480 points worth of stuff every game with Aragorn and uh, Gandalf, if not more, because let's be honest, the Minas Tirith Warriors aren't going to kill that much. So um, that's the army. I think I, I kind of like it. I do really like it. I think there's 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 potential here. It's it's going to be a high skill army, and I don't have that skill. Let's be honest. But maybe maybe I can do something really impressive with this. I think it's got potential. Because you can, you've got the magical resistance from Gandalf. Uh, Aragorn can, you know, you could just give Aragorn fortify spirit and give him extra will if you want. Um, you've got uh, blinding light, so you've got the bow protection. You've got some bows yourself. You've got a bit of mobility. You've got plenty of fight for, but you've also got high defense and high numbers. So I, I'm, I'm quite happy uh, with this army. But we'll see how it fares on the tabletop. The one thing though that I am particularly worried about is is how to play these two heroes with all of your eggs in one basket you really really want to do that justice so with that in mind i've got a special guest on in a bit to talk about this but first riddles of the dark i'm precious 
Yes, Riddles in the Dark. This is the part of the podcast where I play a clip from the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit movies and you just tell me who speaks next and what they say. In the last pod, uh, podcast, which I think was two episodes ago now, uh, we played this clip. <laughs> Yes, and you have to tell me who speaks next, what they say. We've got to delve into the email inbox, entmootpodcast at gmail.com, to see what people are talking about, whether it's riddles in the dark or other things. So let's delve straight in. Let's see, who who is this one from? Uh, uh, for some reason, it's an image and it's not loading. Um, oh, no. I hope I'll go back to that one. Uh, let's go to Russell Priest. Afternoon although it's evening here, but hello. Uh, Notwithstanding a lot of indeterminate shouts, including someone off-screen shouting, bring it down, if I recall correctly, this is dot, dot, dot. Hmm. Now, that's interesting. I think you have got the person correct, but you haven't got the word right. So I'm going to give you a half a point, because I do always say who speaks next and what do they say. I think you've got who speaks next, uh, Russell. Thank you very much for getting in touch. But have you got what they say? Not sure. Not sure. Oh, Matthew Allen. That's who it is who got in touch, the first one that's just loaded. Hi, Harry says, just messaging to say how much I enjoyed your Edmoot podcast about gathering in the Grey Havens. was an awesome tournament and was interesting to hear from all of your opponents. And he says, is it dot, 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 shouting dot 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 after a dot 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 falls on her hmm matthew allen you're bang on the money well done thanks very much for getting in touch and uh, and your feedback about the podcast together in gray havens it was a great tournament i really enjoyed it uh let's go on to callum moresman's message he says hi harry wasn't expecting you to get out another episode so quickly. What a hobby content machine. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I have been smashing them out a bit, but that's just because I've had a lot of tournaments to go to. And, um, you know, I've, I've I just had them all planned in that month. Uh, you may have noticed the bigger gap between the last one and this one. But, you know, that's all good. We've got another one on the agenda, so it's OK. But either way, I appreciate the support and the, uh, the regular listening. He says, really enjoyed the coverage from Scaring of Cheshire. And I clearly need to get myself onto the tournament scene as I'm missing out on what sounds like a great weekend. Oh man, Callum, you da- absolutely do. I always say this to people: if you're new to the hobby, a tournament, it can be a scary prospect going somewhere where you know potentially people are playing really, uh, you know, competitively or being really mean or they're all friends already. But I've found um, the the scene is very welcoming. If you throw yourself in it, you know, say hello to people, uh, talk, you know, kind of throw, just get get stuck in. You'll find that people are very welcoming, very um, willing to have a chat and and you know have fun with new people on the scene. So Callum, you absolutely should come along. Um, he says he continues, don't lose heart on the Easterlings, as you're still playing around with ideas and the new heroes. That elusive fourth win is only around the corner i'm sure yeah that is true i'm sure it is um i i hope so um and maybe in this episode maybe these things aren't the way forward but i think the new heroes i definitely think there's um potential for the fourth win that I'm, I'm, i've been desperately looking for that positive win loss ratio so four out of six is one i'm after and i'm sure it'll happen at some point um but either way very excited uh, for that to happen again uh, callum thanks very much for your support on that the riddle in the dark was a fun one he says could definitely hear something in the background but took me a while to pick out the exact scene and at first I thought it was the iconic that still only counts as one but on closer listening it is in fact the gallant moment blah 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 
which you are absolutely correct about. Uh, Callum ends on saying, keep up the good work and look forward to hearing about the trip to Ireland. Oh, yes, you'll hear about more of it today. And you may have seen it already in the video on my uh, Battle Games in Middle-earth YouTube channel, so do check that out. Uh, now, who's this? This is Anton. Anton's been in touch. says, Hi, Harry. I've been listening to your podcast for a while, yet I've never tried answering a riddle before. But since I recently watched that specific part of the movie in preparation for a tournament I was at, I'm pretty sure I had a decent chance of getting it this time. Quite a sneaky one. But, or however, I can see why you chose it since it relates to both armies you've been using over the last few episodes. I believe that it is... Dot, 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 and you're absolutely correct. Thanks for all the amazing episodes you have been releasing. They're perfect for listening to while travelling or hobbying. Good luck in all future events. Anton. Thank you very much, Anton. And well done. You're absolutely bang on the money with the uh, with the uh, riddle in the dark. So, and you got a couple more left uh, in the inbox. Uh, we've got uh, Adam Sirens or Sirens. Uh, Sirens. Yes, that's right. You've put the... Put it, I remember reading this. You put it in your uh, quotes at the end. Adam, uh, good to hear you're still outperforming yourself with literally any army other than Easterlings. Lol. Yeah. Rutabi for 110 points. I was thinking that Easterlings needed a Gorolf or Goroth. Uh, so the... Um, the orc hero or the uh, what's the what am I thinking the the Dunlanding hero uh, equivalent cheapish three might hero with a cool rule or two yet GW over delivered she's very good though but not cheap compared to Shagra or Sullivan she's worth her points if you if you win your priorities yeah that is true and I think it, last time I didn't um for not much more you can get Thraw who is another league above though hmm. She has no reliable modifiers to wound nor buffs to models around her, yet she provides what Easterlings need. Might, master of battle, defense seven leader with two wounds. Overall, a good addition, but certainly not overpowered. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think you probably bang on the money. I would have liked a um, an Eastling hero that's a bit less, but you get sort of a 3.3 mites or something like that. But, well, you know what? I... Um, I think you you think you're on the money. Uh, you get so much might with her that I think 110 points is well worth it. The strike, the defense seven, all of these things are very helpful. The fight six, it's I I I, I just can't fault her. Um, you know uh, maybe having an extra will would be useful, but you know you can't have everything. So um, yeah, I I I think she's she's good. She's good. Um, and I agree with you, Adam, on that one. As for the riddle, he says. And he provides the answer. So um, absolutely bang on the money. Well done, uh, Adam. And as you say at the end, Adam, quote, Sirens, as in you, the pronunciation, you spelt it uh, out for me with a little tonguey out face. So thanks very much, Adam, for helping me. Sirens. Adam Sirens there. Um, finally, Sean Sproul uh, just had a wee catch up with Entmoot so you can play Riddles. So I can play Riddles in the Dark this time. Sounds like you managed to catch some audio from our last game. As you can hear a mummock crashing to the ground. The next person to speak is Eowyn, who shouts, Mary! Mary! And of course, Sean uh, was from the Gathering in the Grey Havens, and I played against his fellowship with my mummock. And this is the moment that you have exactly gotten right. And I think everyone got right, apart from... Apart from uh, Russell, who said, take the reins, pull to the left, thinking it's Eowyn just before the moment goes down. Close, but no cigar. Let's hear that moment. Yeah, absolutely iconic. And as a few of you have uh, alluded to, it's it was in connection to the Gathering in the Grey Havens being uh, my Mumakami, and of course, vaguely linked to Eastlings as well, uh, which I love to talk about. So, I guess it's time to introduce another Riddle in the Dark. Mm-hmm. 
So who speaks next and what do they say? Let's have another listen. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you think you know who speaks next and what they say. Let's have another listen. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you think you know the answer to this week's Riddle in the Dark. Now, earlier on, I just before we did Riddles in the Dark, I mentioned I might need a bit of help on this uh, this episode because... It's it's a tricky old business, isn't it? Uh, taking two massive 240-point heroes to a tournament. 480 points, so well over half my army uh, that's going to be investing in these two models. How do I get the best out of them? Well, I've decided to enlist tournament-winning champion, Queen of Conquers herself, and also a pretty regular user, or certainly in the early uh, parts of this edition, user of both of these two at once, uh, Aragorn LSR and Gandalf the White, for a bit of advice, and it is of course Jasmine Tetley. Hello. Hi, welcome back. So you're a regular on the podcast, and not so long ago uh, you were winning tournaments and talking to us after that as well, so um, so you know, I, I like to think of you as, as a proper expert, and when the new edition dropped, you were pretty keen on using the two heroes that I have in my uh, army list for the tournament in this podcast. So, um, first of all, Gandalf the White and Aragorn LSR, what would you usually bring with them and, and how do they work for you? Well, I think the first thing that we said is when the new edition dropped, these were two of the worst models beforehand and they mm. got massively better and it was really exciting. So put them together, try them out. And actually the two complement each other really well. Um, you have an awful lot of um, ability to do many different things. Um, and then, yeah, I guess because you've obviously got a lot of uh, points in those two models, it's just bringing as many worries as you can just to, to boost the numbers, really. Yeah, I suppose that's the trick, isn't it? Is making sure the rest of the army's balanced around them and, and, and also that you're not... Uh, you know, not splitting them up, I guess, as well. So, so with that in mind, I mean, we've talked about the the list on uh, the podcast already. I'll have, I've I've spoken, uh, uh, t- told everyone else the list. And um, what's your kind of quick, instant reaction? Because I know you've just had a glance at it now. Um, it's very much how I would build it, pretty much. Um, oh, that's such a relief. <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got almost your one third bows there, which is what you want. Because with Gandalf and your blinding light, it allows you to dictate most of the scenario play if you're playing against somebody unless they've got like mass crossbow spam you should be fine and that allows you to to poke not just with your bows but with Gandalf's ridiculous ability to just keep sorceress and blast someone you know just constantly just moving your opponent around the board um yeah sorry go on yeah, no. Well, I, I was just going to say that I'm, I'm slightly, I'm, I'm a little bit under the, the the third bow. So seven bows out of I think I could probably have t- eleven or something like that, twelve maybe. Um, so so that that's a start. But and and you're right, the, the sorceress blast. I've been on the receiving end of that a few times recently, and it is so frustrating to play against because you feel like you can't do anything with your mounted heroes to um, to avoid it. Yeah, well, I mean, he's what twelve inch move and then a twelve inch range on the blast as well. That gives you massive coverage and unless they're going to just come and run at you and attack you, you can just like play it slow and just keep peppering away at the targets that you want to. So you're basically drawing your opponent into the area that you want to fight. 
Absolutely. Um, so with that in mind, so we and, and we, most people know how good Aragorn is. You know, it, it's just kind of a given. He, we know he can do the deed. But when when you put them together, you've got 480 points out of 800 um, here. So well over half your army. Um, how do you find that utilising those? Uh, is, it, is it easy to get the points worth and get the value out of them? Uh, so it's not easy, um, but that doesn't mean right. it can't be very good. The two complement each other very well in the fact that um, Aragon gets the free might point, so you can call a move every turn. And by calling the move, you can then allow Gandalf to again cast magic before your opponent does. And Aragon gives Gandalf the extra dice. So Gandalf can play that role where you can then put him into combat, get the move next turn to again magic and then put him into combat again because he's three attacks on the charge they both got strike they both got elven blades um and then like you said gandalf can protect aragon with fortify spirit and really just allow him to, to do what he needs to yeah absolutely you can give him extra will points as well so you know if you if you've got nothing to do at the start maybe not fighting a shooting army you can always um, maybe do a terrifying aura on yourself and, and give uh, aragorn an extra point of will to play with if there's uh, uh, if there's scary magic on, on the field as well and um, i guess the the one thing i'm really worried about is if i get i've got gandalf and aragorn relatively close to one another it, and I've got a long line of of dudes. It, I'm, I feel like at some point they're going to be able to crack through, and I'm not going. To, I'm either going to be tempted to split the two big heroes up, or or I'm going to collapse on the side, or something like that. Is there a, the way around that? Have you got any good tips? I think the biggest thing you need to do is they need to be within six inches of each other, because mm. if Gandalf is not benefiting from Aragorn's banner or heroic moves, then you're definitely not going to be able to get the points. But six inches with cavalry bases is quite far so they don't necessarily need to be on top of each other um but if you can find a choke point it's going to be very difficult for your opponent to actually break through both of those heroes doing what they want to do yeah absolutely and, and a choke point i've got the defense seven um shield wall um, and i've got a smattering of fight force spears so hopefully it should be a relatively resilient uh, resilient thing and um, i know in the past we've spoken about I, I think it was when you played doubles with your brother and um, that you had some really cool sort of shenanigans that you you pulled off with with gandalf and aragorn just just give us an idea of what what sort of things you were doing uh yeah so i think my absolute favorite was when aragorn got surrounded uh, Gandalf Sorceress blasted not one of the heroes, but one of the warriors that couldn't resist to knock everything around Aragorn prone, which basically would keep Aragorn safe. And then not only that, because he's strength five, he took on three of the Iron Hills ballista crew, heroic combated, killed all three, and then rode to Aragorn's aid. Wow, that that sort of stuff is crazy good, and and there's there's quite a lot of hijinks you can do here as well because you you got that free heroic combat. I mean, you could potentially, and I know this is very dangerous, but I've heard other people talk about this sort of thing: is send out Aragorn and Gandalf in the first turn or something like that, jump really far in, and sort of kill one or one or two dudes at the end. Heroic combat, back straight out and back and join join in your lines, and and sort of chip away at them like that by doing a sorceress blast and a heroic combat for free almost every turn until you you chip away at their dudes is that do you think that's a pretty uh, high risk strategy it sounds like it but i've heard it heard it done well i think the army definitely sets itself up well to, to play it slow and um mm. because you obviously got that unlimited might and the unlimited will on gandalf 
is you do want to chip away at your opponent until you can find the big breakthroughs. There's no point just committing your entire army in a battle line because you're probably not going to win that way. But I think the hard, really hard thing is working out exactly what Gandalf needs to do. Does he need to command um, a model off an objective um, near the end of the game? Um, making sure those sorceresses blast target models in front of a mounted hero or in a combat with a hero. So basically ones that can't resist, but where it hits their enemy hero. Yeah, that that's the thing, isn't it? And I think that's going to always going to be the, the difficulty, especially because at 800 points, there could potentially be a couple of big threats in the army that I'm facing, uh, depending on what people are bringing to the tournament in Ireland. Because um, I, I guess I, I'm trying to think of a, a say. There's there's a, a an army there, like a mirror matchy type thing where I've got a Boromir and a uh, and a Faramir and an Aragorn, or I don't know something like that, where you could think, oh, how do I how do I get the best out of um, Gandalf's magic this turn when there's there's potentially two or three um dangerous people doing doing some damage yeah well like i said it's not necessarily targeting the hero themselves like mm. if they've got a big baromir with banner on a horse for example but they misplace slightly and you can get gandalf in a position to blast one guy back into him you can knock him off the horse knock him prone he loses the banner for that turn he's no longer got that threat to just literally waltz through charging everyone mm. Yeah, it's it's going to be tricky because in the past I've played with Gandalf the White and I've, uh, you know, he's he's a bit of a Swiss Army knife. You know, he can do almost everything, but you really need to know which tool to use for which job. So it's, and I think that's that's probably where the difficulty is going to come in over the weekend, as we've said. And then, I mean, Aragorn, he 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 can pretty much do everything, but I guess it's you you you've got to be a, a little bit careful with him because you know it's not not like he's going to go down very easily, but. Once he loses his horse or something like that, then suddenly you've lost a lot of killing power in your army and, and you might struggle, I guess. Yeah, I still find with Aragorn that he doesn't really match up well in a duel against the really big heroes, let's say, like, Azog, for example. Right, And it's, yeah. it just feels like too much of a risk. Um, I've had my Elisar killed by a Shagrat before just because he won the roll-off and it was pretty grim and it was like, okay, well, I've lost the game. It was just one of those things that happens. So I prefer not to take the risk um, and just use Aragon to to keep that threat up whilst just um, killing as much as he can. Yeah, okay, that, that's that's good advice, actually. I think I'll, I'll have to take that one on board because... I have a, probably a, a tendency to think Aragorn, he's 240 points, he can jump in and take anyone, but yeah, Azog definitely not, Bold probably not, um, and you know even even heroes that have got uh, like the new Easterling hero with the free heroic strike or Amder or something like that, you know, you've got to be really careful to make sure you're not overextending yourself and t- biting off more than you chew, I guess. Well, I mean, Jay's made reference to the point that Aragorn is fight six, but yeah. he has a free heroic strike every turn so he can be whatever fight you want him to be which is why it's like that. But it almost feels a waste if you're having to use your free might point just on a strike against those yeah. duel and those other heroes when you could use that might point to combat or to wound or whatever. So it just feels bad if you have to use it for the strike. Yeah, and if you've lost a couple of uh, priorities in a row and you, you, you're sort of having to use your free one potentially to, to call the move, then this army only has six might. Yes, it's six plus an inv- invincible uh, never-ending one, but it's still six. And if you've chopped away at the you know the, the core might or, or you're uh, you know, trying to do a striker and a heroic move for free every turn, you can't, you can't do both, obviously. So, so you're going to soon run out of your, your core and that's the sort of stuff you need to save potentially for 
you know, killing the right person or, or saving your fate when you've you rolled badly if you've lost and things like that. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the other important thing to note with Aragon is he gets unlimited heroic marches. So, mm, yeah, if you don't win a shooting war or if just the scenario dictates, like seize the prize, for example, your whole army is moving three, five inches extra. Yeah, and that's that's a, a particularly important as well, isn't it, to try and get the the, the sort of uh, those bottlenecks you mentioned earlier about sort of trying to find the spot that you you castle into, get your defense seven all lined up properly, and and all that sort of stuff. And having an extra march or two for free can really help you kind of occupy the terrain and anchor off that before anyone else has a chance. Yeah, and I think you can use it to surprise your opponent. So, like I said, with Gandalf having that. 12 inch move and then the 12 inch mm. blast if yeah, you're really five inches if, on top of that if well, you're yeah. really cheeky you could call a march they think they've put themselves out of range and you can just literally get in and get that sorceress blast off and get rid of their hero's horse you know that's crazy isn't it you could potentially go eight and a half inches forward and eight and a half inches back and you know not not have to move at all and and still have a 20 inch re- uh, threat range that's that's interesting I, I might have to uh, utilize that at some point it's there's so much potential in this force isn't there um I, do, you, do you think the warriors are going to kill enough i'm going to rely entirely on gandalf and aragorn to do the killing uh Yes, <laughs> simply put. <laughs> yeah, at least you're honest. <laughs> your warriors are strength three and they count for less than half of your army. So, mm. yeah, you do need to rely on those two. But like I said, I think it's it's not jumping the gun. It's just using all of your advantages. I mean, I've just sat there before and just literally started fortifying warriors whilst I wait for them to get to me. I'm like, cool, I'll now fortify my knight. And then you have to get your loom bands out because it's like, well, almost my entire army's fortified now just whilst I was waiting for you to come across the board. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't even thought of that because I know you can um, uh, give the extra will to the, the warriors, but I never really thought, I've never really thought of doing it. So that's interesting. Yeah, and I've got a knight as well. So actually not a bad... Um, uh, you know, potential target for for something like that because you don't want to be compelled out or something like that and used uh, against you. So interesting. So Jasmine, generally, I'm you know I'm not I'm not necessarily an amazing top table performer usually, but do you think this this army has the potential to you know do at least a a, a three for three that sort of uh, ranking at the tournament? Uh, this army definitely has that potential. Um, I think me and my but... brother lost one game with it. <laughs> Um, yeah. But obviously, the new ed- it was the first time the new edition came out. People were still getting used to the rules or whatever, which did help. And obviously, there was two of us able to to maximise the use of the army. But no, it's still strong. Yeah, I was going to say having an extra person there, you know, just just irons out any potential mistakes, doesn't it? Usually, because you've got a second pair of eyes, whereas I'm, you know, I'm, I'm liable to miss things. But that so so it's a strong army. It has potential, but. Um, I guess it's a high skill army, and let's be honest, I'm not known for that. I mean, it's high skill, but and uh, until you've used it, how do you know you're not going to be able to to just walk walk over people with it? Um, but I will say it's very fun, uh, and the only reason why I don't play it anymore is it's just too many models in two points in, in two models for me. It's just that mm. you know, if one thing goes wrong, you fluff one thing, and then that can pretty much end the game but other than that i i still i still think it's very good and it's definitely very fun that's that's interesting so yeah so i've got to be very cautious with my two heroes um and you know make sure that uh, i don't overextend myself and make sure that you know i'm 
I'm sort of relying on them, yes, to do all the work, but also not kind of um, overextending. Okay. Yes, and uh, I wish you the best of luck with it. Well, thank you very much, Jasmine. It's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Um, Fingers crossed for the journey to Ireland. Good luck. There you go. Jasmine's advice is clear. So I guess there's only one thing left to do, and that is head over to Ireland and test my metal against the good Irish folk in Dublin for this big 800-point tournament. I'm going to win because I don't want to travel over the Irish Sea and, you know, not bring my A-game. So the fight's coming to you, Ireland. Uh, I hope you're ready for Aragorn and Gandalf and my tin soldier crew. We're coming for you. There's six games to come. Let's see what happens in the first. Stop. I'm already late. Late for what? I'm going on an adventure. So, first game of the Irish Open. Uh, it's called Nirnaithar No Nididiad, but I'm not going to be able to pronounce that, so I'm just going to stick with the Irish Open. And uh, first game playing against uh, Matt Butler. Um, so, first of all, Matt, just give us a run-through of your army because there's something quite large and imposing in the centre there. Uh, yes, I suppose uh, smack bang in the middle here we had Azog's signal tower. Uh, first time I've ever ran it. Uh, Scratch built it and, yeah, it's pretty imposing in the middle. Was it, was very helpful with some of those uh, banner rerolls, definitely. Amazing banner rerolls. Yeah, yeah, you've got... Uh, so if no, nobody's encountered the signal tower before, it essentially you spend like 200 points on it and you get uh, a banner, global banner, so the whole, whole battlefield-wide banner, a horn that also suffers minus one for the enemy. And what were the other special rules? Um, we've have a six-up save on every wound uh, taken by any Gundabad model. And then um, what is the last one again? Yes, the free heroic marches. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Which, you, which you forgot about. Yeah. Well, I didn't really need because we deployed so close to each yeah. other. Um, but definitely if I was further back in a deployment zone, I'd be taking use of them. Because, of course, I've no archery, I've no range, so I need to get into combat as quickly as I can. Like. Absolutely. You say we, we deployed on the halfway line, so it's Breakthrough, which is the one, uh, one of the newer ones where you've got uh, an objective in your own deployment zone, an ob- objective in the opponent's deployment zone, and two on the middle line. And you get more for taking the uh, opponent's objective than you do for keeping your own. So, so it kind of it lends itself to this sort of maelstrom of battle where everything swirls around a centre, and the centre being for you a massive, massive signal tower, yeah, which is really handy for you because you're able to drop um, some of these lieutenants. It comes with like uh, Gundabad heroes that have got one might, one will, one fate. Uh, and they're decent, but they've got might, and they can just wander down this imposing tower, um, and you've got them in the middle. So you can almost reinforce your own line yeah. and drop in uh, might when you want it, which is fantastic. And also, uh, before we get into the battle, um, the, the, the build of the tower, it's like a dinner plate-sized thing, and you've got this, this great construction. You've got these banners made out of sort of uh, dowel and wood and, um, and sort of materials and stuff. I mean, it, it can tell it's a real labour of love. It's fantastic. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, it kind of Obviously, I got in touch with the tournament organiser first, make sure, is this okay? Um, and then he was like, yeah, cool, shoot. Um, so, yeah, I spent a couple of weeks building it, just the usuals, foam, foam board, that kind of stuff. Um, and then threw a load of snow on top just to kind of emulate the Battle of the Five Armies kind of vibe. Um, so, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, I mean, it looks amazing. And you've, all of your guys have got uh, wonderful snowy bases and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's fantastic. So um, coming up against my Aragorn and Gandalf army, um, what did you think? Did you, did you have a plan? Did you fancy your chances? Um, yeah, so obviously before I knew the, the uh, scenario, I did, we got drawn in the first round. So I could kind of check out your list a bit. And I was like, oh, great, there's two massive threats. Mm. Uh, so I was like, which one do I throw as I got? Um, the way we set up... 
I kind of decided to move Azog towards Aragorn. Um, and I think, to be fair, it, it tied him down for a lot of the thing. Like, you only got Azog in the last turn. Now, Azog didn't do much because, of course, Gandalf saw that tread and came over and, as you said, magicked him to death. Yeah. Um, but I suppose that did mean as well your two big heroes were tied up over here. So the other objectives kind of almost... This one definitely got forgotten about, so I had yeah, that. So that's the one on the left of, uh, yeah. as we look at it from your side. Um, the one over there was good fun. I squished one of my own guys with a gun to bad ogre uh, to get in. Um, so it was really this was, I think, the one that was deciding the game. Depending on how the one on the right-hand side, as we look at it here, uh, would swing, would kind of swing the game, I felt. Yeah, absolutely, because it, it, was, it was down to who killed whose leader um, and who broke through on the, the my, as I looked at it, the left flankers, as you looked at it, the right. And, and eventually, I think just because it was purely down to the fact you have one hero uh, who could really smash, because early on I decided Aragorn's going straight for the Gundabad captain, which deployed on your right, and Azog went on the left. Gandalf Sorceress Blast someone into Azog for the first turn to slow him down, uh, which just meant I could I churned through the, the Gundabad captain after a couple of turns with Aragorn, uh, and then Azog arrived with a troll, uh, or an ogre, sorry, uh, and it's it was just a matter of how, how long could I tie him up, and, and, and actually for a while Aragorn was in real trouble, because he, um, he kept losing the priority, uh, priority roll-offs, uh, so I, I was spending my free might on that, and then of course it, it, it just dictated the battle that way, which was bit a bit edgy but I got lucky a couple of times and I had just enough bodies around there to to keep peeling them off and make sure that uh, that he didn't ever he, I think he was only exposed to one or maybe two really bad uh, yeah, combats but even then I, there was only a two guys or thereabouts yeah, on him yeah. and and I think with those dodgy combats that you were in you had gotten an immobilize in on Azog which meant when you called the strike Azog couldn't do anything so you you kind of gave yourself a bit more of a chance to win the battle and get out of uh, get out of trouble there. Yeah, I think it was the one time that you managed to charge Gandalf, which uh, which meant that I, I lost a fate or two. Oh, yeah, yeah, which was, yeah. and I think even then you didn't didn't roll particularly well with your ogre, so it was it was rough well, going. The, the ogre in the, in the far back uh, did manage to kill one of his own guys yeah. by stomping on him, as well as twice rolled three triple ones. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, he did manage to. I think he, he turned the tide over there because he uh, nice he's got hurl off yeah. and he took the banner out for a turn, which yeah. uh, also. Um, made meant things slowed down but I think in the end it was exactly four models each on the back objective yeah. uh, so the one I was trying to defend so you didn't get any points for that and a very very lucky right, moment yeah. right in the end I got a fountain court guard um, who just won what he was it was one on one one fountain court guard against your uh, berserker with a spear and it, I had the higher fight so I guess I was more likely to win but it was just came down to whether I could get the five on could you get the could you get the wound yeah, yeah. and of course you did and yeah. My six-up save didn't save me that time. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I think that I, that would have that made it. Uh, it's a nine-three victory to me. Um, so if I didn't get that lucky thing in the turn, it would have been a five-three, which I think would probably be a yeah, more ref, yeah. more reflective um, score of, of how the battle ebbed and flowed because. Uh, it, it could have gone very uh, very close at the back, which would have swung either way. The, the, the leader kills could have gone either way, and, and break, we both broke in the end, but you broke me a bit earlier than, you, uh, than I broke you. It was only in the last turn or two that I, I broke you. So it was so close, but it was a really cracking game, and the, 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 the global banners and the, the plus one courage and the minus one to me as well, it, it, it did come in clutch a lot, didn't it? Yeah, and, and like I suppose one thing I'd like to say genuinely, Harry, is uh, it was my first kind of competitive game, um, so you really you know, helped me along with it with some of the rules and, and reminded me some bits. Um, and also, I suppose for me, I never felt like I wasn't in the game. Uh, like I, I didn't get completely run off the table, and I was kind of the last couple of turns, I was looking at the objectives and kind of going, this could go either way. Yeah. So even though, as you said, it turned out to be a 9-3, 
I still felt in it all the way up to the end, which which is great for me and confidence in the first kind of competitive game I had. So, well, so I, thanks very much for that. No, no, you're welcome. You, you played it really well, and and as I say, and you, you quite rightly pointed out, it, a couple of uh, coin flips going the other way, it could have you know it could have uh, ended really badly for me because if I. If I'd have lost one or two more dudes at the back objective, that would have handed you four points, which would have put you up to uh, seven. And then if I hadn't won that that uh, combat at your objective, I'd have been down to five, so you'd have won. So it literally, a few a few things either way. I mean, I, I'll admit, I, I, I did lose a lot of priority rolls early on, which, which, which suffered. And a few of the roll-offs went your way as well, which, which uh, proved frustrating. But my minister had high, just high enough defence uh, when they're back into their shield wall that it made it a bit tougher for your Gundaman to smash through. But once you'd started whittling through the gaps in the line, they were dropping like flies, and I was getting really worried. But uh, just managed to do it uh, in the end, get, get Azog and get the rest of the thing for the, for the 9-3 victory. And Matt, uh, well done in the game. Thanks very much for yeah, the game. It's fantastic. Thank you, thank you, yeah. So game two at the Irish tournament is, is proving very, very exciting. Tension is building. Uh, I'm playing against Louis van Heck here, uh, who's travelled all the way from Belgium, is that yeah. right? Correct, absolutely. I'm from um, Belgium. Yeah, what, what, what inspired you to come to this one? Uh, Michael invited me. So uh, <laughs> I, You and me both. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I was invited to a few tournaments in the UK, but wasn't available every time. So this time I was available, so I said, sure, why not? Yeah, Let's absolutely. Come Absolutely, you flying over as well. So we've both made the travels all the way to Ireland. And uh, just give us an idea of what your army is. Um, just summarise your list. And we're playing Contest of Champions, which is a bit of an important giveaway. Uh, so I play uh, Riders of Theoden, which means uh, I have eight heroes on the table. Uh, but Theoden is my leader. So for Contest of Champions, I was a bit in a dis disadvantageous position against Elisar. Mm. But yeah, I feel like my list just uh, squash yours. Yeah. But I mean, Theoden didn't know enough. <laughs> Oh yeah, you absolutely uh, tr have trounced me. You killed almost everyone on the, the table except Gandalf and uh, Aragorn. But so when we set up, um, uh, did you have any plan to try and overcome the amount of magic you were going to uh, face? Clearly, uh, try to get to him as as soon as possible and as fast as possible, and try to kill him. Yeah, that was basically it. Yeah, because we deployed. I deployed with a hole in my line um, yeah. uh, with the intention of sending Aragorn forward. You put Elfhelm in front of Theoden, so you wanted to basically. Have him hold, hold things up with heroic, heroic defense. Yeah, exactly. Defense and uh, try to get him as long as possible. And potentially it would have done the same with gambling if you killed him, but uh, gambling stayed behind and got blocked by a few warriors and stayed there for a while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what, what happened. It was just it was the string of roadblocks you were hoping to put in the way, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but sadly, I, I mean, in the first turn, I, I managed to sorceress blast something into Thayed and took him off his horse. I did have to spend a point of might to do it, but I think that was well worth doing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I made the mistake of putting a royal guard in front of him, not thinking about sorceress blast, and yeah, that cost me my horse, definitely. Yeah. And that cost me, probably cost me the game. Yeah, I, it, with, if you'd had that horse, it would have helped you, certainly in the later stages. I mean, eventually I would have, I would have pulled one off, I'd have thought, but it was just the, the constant barrage of magic you were facing that really did you in, didn't it? Yep. But having said that, your army absolutely flew through my guys. I mean, they're, they're wounding them so much easier than, than I'm wounding you, because uh, you've got mostly Royal Guard and two captains, so you've got so much killing power there. And how many might? might? Uh, 19 to start with, plus the three shenanigans from the Legendary Legion and Dalewine, so probably around 27, 28, yeah. easily. On the, and on the you, you called death quite early on, you killed about 10 guys there and, and the heroic strikes and you constantly cut the pressure on. But I think uh, one of the things that really helped me out was that I, I, A, I've got the free, uh, free might from Aragorn, so it's ultimately uh, as, as infinite as yours or as cl close enough. But um, 
I, I've managed to get quite a few of the roll-offs to, to get myself into the right position and got some early kills with Aragorn, uh, which, which you, you didn't manage. Because I was neutralizing Theoden, I, I just had that early lead, which was really hard for you to catch up on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that lead is what caught me in the end. And um, the fact that my army killed maybe too quickly mm. might have helped me if I was a bit less skilly, probably. Maybe I should have dismounted everyone in the end to get that, but... Uh, wasn't yeah, because then you could have shielded. Yeah, probably, or uh, not going to combat, maybe. Yeah. But I was too greedy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I hadn't seen that potential flaw in your plan and coming until I was broken. And once I was broken, I was thinking, this is going to end pretty quickly after I'm broken, because... All, all I need to do is send my guys into your riders and you can't shield, you can't do anything about it, you just have to kill me. And, you know, they are because they're strength four uh, or, or five, uh, five on the charge, your heroes. So it's, you know, fives to wound all of my guys. And it, they did, and even the rangers and stuff, you know, they just died quite quickly. I did try a bit of stabbing yeah. uh, just to get, get a speed up, but that didn't really matter. Um, it was just one of those games where I think as soon as the mission came down, you really had to play it incredibly well to try and win it. But um, and, and you did you did play very well. But it's just I, I had a strong list to counter yours. Yeah, definitely. Um, other scenarios, I think I would have played differently. Like Lords of Battle, probably would have been to my advantage. But yeah, in this case, uh, third end versus Aragorn, there is not really a match to start with. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a fun game. It was a fun game, even though Aragorn ended up on the floor as well. Um, had some. I, I, I should have mitered an early combat to try and win the combat, but I was I was being a bit reluctant and. I thought, oh, you know, I can't remember who, who was who was fighting. Was it Elfhelm? Yeah, yeah Elfhelm. And he managed to take out three points of fate uh, just on two rolls on the horse or something. So uh, I was a bit stupid there. If I'd have spent that one point of might, then I would have been uh, had the horse around and done a lot more damage. But having said that, I'm charging cavalry anyway, so it's, I'm not going to get a lot of extra bonuses. No, indeed. And you have Andriel, so you always win on four pluses, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. No, I'm, I'm really happy with the game for the rest. It was fun. Yeah. It was a really fun game. It was, it was a tricky one, but well played, Louis. And best of luck in the rest of the tournament. Yeah, thanks. You too. Thank you. So we're on game three, uh, and coming up against Gary in Seize the Prize. So uh, first of all, Gary, just um, give us a quick summary of your list, because there's some monstrous heroes in your army. So I've got two big hitters, which is Glorfindel and Elendil. The reason I take these, both fight seven, both have fortify spirit, so I don't have to worry about any spell casters, which is a great thing. Uh, Elendil has the free heroic combat, and then Glorfindel, Fight Seven, uh, Elven Blade, Horse Lord. They both have so much things going for them that can uh, like one hero, especially Elendil, certain um, certain scenarios they they can actually win you the game. Like my a previous game recently, Elendil won me. Um, Capture and no, sorry, wrong. Not capture. Uh, breakthrough was it? Sorry, destroy the supplies. Oh, yeah, yeah, Apologies. Sorry. He just he took every single objective and broke the army by himself. Wow. So, and then we have Kirdan, who um, is great to kind of as a great defensive model because he can cast Aura of Command, Aura of Dismay, and then Blinding Light, so I don't have to worry about any type of shooting. And then obviously Enchanted Blades. I want to give my heroes that extra uh, rerolls to wound my opponent. Absolutely, and, and of course you've got the strength four and the fight four of the Numenorians, backed up by the elves as well, which is always a fearsome combo, especially against most of mine are fight three. So um, with that in mind, um, Seize the Prize is always a bit of a swingy one. Um, what was your plan? So, okay, so it didn't go as what my original plan was. My plan was to move up, okay, even though a few bowls in this list, I'm like, no, there's no shooting on this scenario. Move up. Um, at one stage, my there was a plan I was going to cast Aura of Dismay because a lot of your models have low courage so they wouldn't be able to charge as much but then Elendil and Glorfindel got into trouble sooner than I um, I wanted them to 
so I kind of tried throwing that dice at them for an enchanted blades rather than the aura of dismay so that was one big part of my plan that uh, didn't work out. Yeah. That was a big plan. Yeah, okay, so you were going to give it dismay. That, that, that makes a lot of sense, because I was wondering, I, mean, I think you tried to cast it once in the end, um, but you're, you're right, you were focusing mostly on your, um, and it didn't go off, and I think you're focusing mostly on Enchanted Blades, which, considering the circumstances, made sense. So I marched Aragorn um, pretty far up first turn, and my knight onto the objective. Obviously, I, I, I didn't dismount or anything. I just wanted him to sit on the objective and hold the line. And... and I, I, I kind of think you might have fallen into what I'd hoped you were to do. I wanted you to send Glorfinell forward uh, so that I could trap him and kill him. Um, Glorfinell charged the knight, and um, I, he only just won by spending a point of might to kill him. I was hoping you were going to hurry combat off him and try and get uh, Aragorn or Gandalf or something like that because you got fight seven and I would have had to strike and things like that. You didn't do that, which, which was a relief. But that, that first turn, Glorfindel spending a point of might and then... Um, the following turn, you had to call a move then after, and, and then you had Aragorn and Gandalf all thrown in. So it was like, it was a big mob on, on Glorfindel, so you had to bring Elendil forward again as well, which brought your leader and Glorfindel and Aragorn and Gandalf into the middle. 800 points in the centre, and I guess from there it was down to who kind of won the roll-offs, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah, that was it. Like, I, to be honest, I knew that was your plan to try drag Glorfindel in, but my counter plan was to kill him, yeah. even if it means spend a point of my... It was kill him and then hopefully next turn castle up around that objective. That was the whole plan. Yeah, but when I see it didn't go well, because you could probably see, or um, for those listening, I originally was going to swing a lendal around from the right to my right flank, Harry's left flank, and then, but then I could see there was a bit of trouble there, so I had to bring a lendal back around. But even at, even with him swinging back around. He got into trouble too quick. He got into the centre very quick. And as you say, it was all got down to who was going to win the roll-offs, basically, yeah. on the strikes and the combats. Exactly. You had, there's a big ruin in the centre that, that blocks it off. So it was it would have been quite a decision to send Elendil around the other way because it would have meant two turns of him not doing anything. Uh, whereas this, he kind of had to get him in to support Glorfindel. Um, you mentioned I surrounded him with... Uh, I won the first move off, uh, so that was that was good for me. Um, I surrounded him with uh, about seven or eight Minas Tirith warriors. And I sent Aragorn and Gandalf into, um, into Glorfindel with a strike and all that sort of stuff. Um, and basically, you just you whiffed your role with, um, with Elendil, didn't you? It was a three high, wasn't it? Yeah, as, we, as I, always meant, I always like to call it joking. It's, uh, my Irish accent, I have to be clear here. Three threes, okay? So we are, in Dublin, we say three. We pronounce uh, three yeah, as three in, trees, yeah. 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 So I'd always, whenever I ever roll three threes, I say a small forest because it sounds like three trees. So yeah, I roll three trees. Uh, Harry got the six high. I was just out of range of banner, so to not take any risks, I had to spend those three my for Endel to live to fight another day. Yeah, and it's a tough decision because I'd have had I would trap you, so I had sixteen dice. Um, you know, I'd probably get two or maybe three wounds. I'd probably take your horse. Uh, so it, it's it's a it's a difficult swing, but it's, it's meant that you had so little might in the middle because you'd already spent one on Glorfindel. You had to counter strike against Gandalf. So by that point, you only had two points of might left on the table, which against Aragorn, you just you're always going to then struggle because I had. I was just dictating the movement, had the magic so I could keep trying for um, transfixes and, and sorceress blast at people and things like that. And, and from there on, you absolutely mullered my army, like absolutely destroyed it um, for a f good few turns in a, run, in a row. Um, I, was, I had the sort of objective covered up. It took me ages, four turns or thereabouts, to get the objective. Um, but I did eventually get it. I, you might have churned through everything, but Aragorn and uh, Gandalf are still left standing. 
uh, eventually Ellendale went down uh, for exactly, you know, I just had the mic to do the strikes, didn't I? Ultimately, that was the thing. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. There was a stage where I actually thought I still might have this game because the objective wasn't turned up until the second yeah. last turn, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's about right. And then I was I was very close to breaking you and I was still a good bit off broken. So yeah. if I can shield on my right flank and hopefully just keep going through uh, your my le- your right flank, which is my left, which was happening, I said, I might just be able to clip this because you tried digging up the objective maybe three, four times. I kept that rolling a two and a three. And then I was constantly chopping through the lads. There was once or twice where... Aragon lost the fight yeah that too so I was like if I can just hold Aragon up if I can just hold him up chop through the lads shield on the right flank I just might clip this but the last two turns eventually you rolled her up which was going to happen anyway and then because of the terrain and in fairness there was one guy over on the right hand side piece of your right hand side piece of terrain that was holding up that gap because I wanted to break models through that gap to prevent you doing what you did on the last turn but that dude was just he held up held up held up and in the last two turns Aragon just killed the lads that needed to in order to break me yeah yeah absolutely and and the last time your, your right flank really collapsed in the last few turns and I started to get those three point traps yeah. where, where it's just killing stuff and killing stuff and because for ages I, I asked you at one point uh, how far am I breaking are you in like uh, I've only lost four models I was like oh okay I mean, one of them was Allendale so that helps and I've taken out uh, Glorvanel's horse but still it was uh, I, I was like crikey I really need to catch up but yeah eventually it, it did swing into that uh, I got the objective and I knew I'd sort of had it pretty safe from there on but but you're right there, there were a few combats um, in the, the sort of terrain piece at the end there was the, the, uh, the guy that was just kind of blocking this the, this way and uh, turn after turn he was kept losing combat but he just never died and, and I think there was a few linchpins like that that I just kept rolling those sixes just kept forcing you to to uh, to well not really win the the fights basically it was it was really really tense because i think but i think I just, it's fair to say i just had a a, a dominating uh, view of the uh, in terms of the dice rolls because once you'd thrown the three high you'd had to spend all that money and then i was winning a lot more combats than perhaps i should have done it was it was kind of game over for you wasn't it well, yeah, that's it. Like, there, there's going to be games where you're getting all the sixes. You're going to, there's going to be games where your opponent getting all the sixes, which for me happened there today. But you just have to take it on the chin and yeah. you just have to just do the best you can with the hand that you've been dealt. And as you said, there's those linchpin, there's those linchpins, except that guy, whether he, he, he either win the fight and he didn't win me, or I won the fight and I couldn't win him. And I was killing so many over on my left flank but they were just combats that didn't matter they did not matter whatsoever it was just those I used to the linchpins one that I was either winning and not killing or else you were winning and not killing yeah. so I knew I was just I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the moment you dug up that objective I went forward and as soon as that happened I says there's very little from here on in that I can do I was after the tree high, I when I rolled a Lendl, I do think from there on in, I probably did the best I could. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I did the best. I think I did the best I could. Not that I had a lot to work with, but I just think I did the best I could. And I think, in fairness to you, I think you capitalised on that. You know, you know, my misfortune. I think you capitalised on that a hundred percent. You like there was everything you did was a hundred percent right. hundred percent right. There wasn't any moves you did after that I'm like mm, I would have done this or I would have done that and he was like yeah I would have done that yes I would have done that yeah. yeah so fair play to you oh, well I really appreciate it Gary that that because because I know that uh, you know you're a, you're a fearsome comp- uh, opponent I've heard tales that you're you know you're one of the, the top players here so I really appreciate that and and as I say the, 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 the 
dice gods bless someone and one day and you know someone another and it just happened to be me in that that particular moment in particular and as you say I, I don't feel like I made many mistakes after that and I don't think you did either but you know that, that's just the way of it so I think 8-1 uh, victory to me in the end I just got the prize onto the other side uh, of the central line and was castled into the ruins uh, I managed to kill Elendil my guys are fine but I'm broken so um, so that that's the game but uh, cracking game really enjoyed it and as you say it, it was it was amazing to watch some of the ways you were keeping on putting a pressure on throughout that game because a lot of people would have you know thrown the uh, thrown the uh, uh, dummy out of the pram as soon as Ellendil had went down but you really really made, forced me uh, and it was a, it was a really tricky game so uh, thanks very much for, the, for keeping keeping me in the game no thanks very much and thanks for the game I really enjoyed it thanks Great. very much it's going tremendously well as you uh, have worked out I've won three games in a row after one day of the tournament um, I think I probably got pretty fortunate in the second game in particular against Gary um, his army was just insanely good I, I, it's the sort of army that I came away thinking wow why do I not see this army all the time I want to do that again um, I'd love to play with his army so I may even do that at some point um, his, his was the Ellen Dillon Glorfindel combo and uh, Curdan as well and that was that was such a tough game because Ellen Dill just got so unlucky um, and I yeah I felt really bad for him when he rolled his uh, triple one or whatever the equivalent was and he had to spend three points of might very early on to save Ellen Dill and that kind of just hampered him for the rest of the game um, the first game I I, I actually f- f- remember getting quite unlucky in that game um, but I think that I just got a bit of luck in the last turn or two uh, well a lot of luck in the last turn or two and just swung everything completely um, but I don't think I played that game badly so I'm not going to beat myself up over being too lucky to uh, to win uh, and Louis um, Louis van Heck um, earlier on in I think the middle game now um, he, he his riders Rohan just absolutely destroyed me and if it wasn't for him absolutely destroying me so quickly that it ended the game he would have he would have just wa- walked over me um, but he, I guess he just maybe lost sight of the objectives um, or didn't realise his own killing power and just kind of realised a bit too late that he was he was going to absolutely destroy me. So so that's that's day one. Three wins. Um, not massive margins, but decent enough. Um, so who knows? I mean, surely tomorrow I can get that elusive uh, fourth win out of six that I've been looking for this whole... Uh, uh, this whole podcast so today I th- I th- I'm feeling really positive about it I've, I like my army it worked exactly how I expected it to today and actually the objectives uh, scenarios that we played today have been probably not the best ones for me I've got some good ones tomorrow like contest of champions um, potentially although I just really hope I don't play contest of champions tomorrow morning because uh, if you remember from the Easterlings podcast um, I I kept saying the night before uh, the next day I really hope I don't play Easterlings in uh, sorry Angmar in Contest of Champions well the opposite's true this time um, I know I'm playing Angmar but I don't know what the scenario is so oh, I think yeah I can't remember what it was no I know that I'm playing Contest and I suspect I'm playing Angmar but we'll see or it's certainly in that pool of uh, Contest of Champions we'll see We'll see what happens. Uh, it's on. It's contest is one of the missions left anyway. So uh, I think there's the pool with contest, uh, the unique scenarios, so fog of war and stuff like that, 
and I can't remember which the other one would be. Uh, Maelstrom of Battle, probably. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Um, so, yeah, it's we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I just really, really hope that we don't get Contest of Champions with uh, uh, Angmar tomorrow, uh, because I think I'm going to be playing Angmar, because Angmar makes me angry. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, who knows? Right, anyway, let's, uh, let's get on to day number two and find out who we're playing and what the scenario is. So day one was undefeated, very excited, playing on the top table on the first day of uh, day two, uh, first game of day two, playing uh, against an Angmar army uh, run by Alexis, who's also travelled from Belgium. Uh, we spoke to uh, Louis uh, earlier on in the podcast, who uh, had bought the Riders of Rohan. Um, before we get into the mission and, and things like that, just give us a summary of, uh, of your army list. Well, uh, it's uh, primarily based on the, the two flying monsters, uh, Gulavar and the Witch King. And then I fill it up with orcs, and the other really important tool is the four spectres. Yeah. And the two Baron Whites. Yeah, but yeah. they do from the base of most Angmar armies. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So Angmar, uh, my, my arch nemesis. And, and I thought, in this mission, I might have a good chance against Angmar, because I've got Fortify Spirit, uh, Gandalf has got the strength and will as well, so he could potentially do that. Um, so I just needed to keep Aragorn and Gandalf together, do some of those things, uh, and hopefully, hopefully I was okay. And then the mission came up. It was divide and conquer, which is the one where you deploy half of your army in one quarter and half of the army in the other quarter. So, uh, Alexis, first of all, when you saw the mission come up, um, what did you think? Did you think that this was this was going to really help you? Yeah, I was glad that it wasn't something uh, more uh, direct yeah. or something more more slow, where you could uh, spend your time uh, strength of will or fortify spirit. That's for sure. Uh, and I had a plan trying to corner one of your heroes, but you did counter that well, crossing the, the diagonal between the two armies. Yeah, absolutely, because I, I marched with Aragorn straight away and I ran Shadowfax and the Knight up to join him in the middle. So I, I really wanted to strengthen Will Aragorn as soon as I possibly, sorry, uh, uh, Fortify Spirit Aragorn as soon as possible. Um, so I tried to counter that a bit, but it did mean that my force was kind of spread out a little bit. I would have much preferred uh, standing on the back line of something like To Death or Death or something similar to that and shooting bows at Gulavar and things like that to try and try and do the damage. It, I, I think this uh, it favoured you, but it, it, it definitely... You, you played it very well. You were very cautious with your two big heroes, which I think was wise. Yeah, uh, but you've you got to be careful, especially against heroes. You can strike every turn like Aragorn. It's really a big nemesis for Gulavar. Uh, and then it all comes down to uh, those magic rolls yeah. for both sides, I guess. Yeah. And, and er very early on, you spent uh, you had, had Gulavar and the Witch King within um, sort of pouncing range on Aragorn, and you cast a, a, a transfix on Aragorn. And I think it only went off on a four or something like that. A five, a five. A five, a five. And um, I had three points of might. I, I spent two to resist it, and I thought, I'll be fine. Uh, and I ended up having to spend three points of might on that first turn just to just to resist the, the, the transfix and avoid being pounced on. And I think that was probably one of the, the, the big swings of the game, do you think? Yeah, definitely. That, that was definitely the first big swing. And the last one was probably the transfix. Uh, oh, sorry, the paralyzed going on on Gandalf. Yeah. And that really shut down all the initiative you had uh, in the game, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, despite uh, Shadow Facts and... Um, 
uh, and his own fortified spirit on Gandalf. Eventually, just under the weight of magic, you just cast an, a transfixer every turn and a paralyzer uh, every turn, and eventually you just wore down his uh, will result uh, until you chop him out. And then I didn't have a lot left to fight with. I mean, Gandalf actually did survive, but he's paralyzed at the end of the game. And divide and conquer, we're trying to capture ob objectives in the middle. The middle one is worth more, and there are two outer objectives worth slightly less. And did you? Ha were you really going to gun for the central objective, or or did you have us? Were you hoping to get all of them? Uh, initially, if uh, I couldn't do anything with magic, I was hoping to uh, control both of the edge and leave you the middle with Aragorn and Gandalf sitting on it. But then, when I got the advantage, putting Aragorn really low on might, uh, I thought I had a shot to get to the middle. Yeah, yeah, and, and to be fair, you, you absolutely did. As soon as as soon as the two big flap uh, flappy things arrived in the middle, it was it was just absolute devastation for the Minister of Army. I mean, you were chopping out three or four guys a turn with, with both Gulliver and the Witch King at least. Uh, and then there, there was all that constant threat of, of a, a heroic combat into uh, Aragorn, a heroic combat into Gandalf. And eventually when um, when I, d I lost the priority after a couple of goes, it, you managed to get that, that pounce on Aragorn and took out his horse and everything else. And, and it was it was pretty devastating when it did, when you, when you took him out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it closed the game, really. Yeah. But uh, it could have gone both ways, I think, uh, especially against a list like this, yeah. who can really uh, counter the magic threat. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you think there's anything that I could have done differently that, that would have helped me out? I think you could have costed Fortified Spirit uh, on Gandalf the first turn instead of the knight. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I thought I, I thought I'll do the cast the knight first. My, I, I, because he was, I, I was worried that you would compel him into the middle uh, and heroic combat off him uh, whereas Gandalf in the first turn obviously has a lot more will to resist things like that but but yeah you're right maybe if I just should have because uh, the second turn I cast it on Aragorn yeah. so it was only the third or fourth turn that I managed to cast because I was trying to threaten the the rest of the match but yeah uh, other than that was there any do you think I moved everything in the right place I, was, I, I think I generally did it all right you did all right you countered the heroic combat threat uh, you did pull a small detachment to get the objective, not too much, not too. Uh, on the other one, same. Yeah. And you did pull your line in the middle. Uh, I think it comes down to those uh, magic rolls. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I, I, I've got. Uh, we lo I lost eight one, and um, because I, I lost the right hand flank. Well, I lost the left hand flank as I was looking at it. Um, I, I think there's only one guy very close but not close enough to uh, actually capture the objective after losing a couple of combats and being pushed back on the other flank there was this one stubborn orc i had four or five guys on him a couple of times he just kept winning the combat so i didn't quite kill that guy i had most i had five uh, guys on the objective but you still that stubborn orc was still surviving so eight one loss uh, to me and i didn't take out the witch king gandalf survived aragorn didn't and um, and i was broken at the end and i i think i was about five uh, what was it ten off breaking you something like that uh, yeah, a bit less, I think. Eight, 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 eight or nine. Eight or nine. So it's either way, Alexis, uh, cracking game. I was, I was worried about Angmar, and rightly so. I thought maybe I'd have had a chance with the fortified spirit, but uh, yeah, as you say, it came down to some, some, uh, just unfortunate dice rolls, I guess, on my behalf. But uh, you played it perfectly as well. You were very, very cautious with those big guys, and uh, and you. you just waited for the opportune moment and also saved your might as well which was uh, really crucial you had three points of might right at the end um, on uh, two on Gullivar and one point on yeah. the Witch King and uh, Gullivar I think you could have been tempted to uh, call moves with Gullivar early on but um, on the very last turn you rolled a four high on your uh, your roll against uh, Aragorn who wasn't transfixed and if you'd uh, 
you know, if, if you'd wasted your might early on, I'd have had a chance to kill or take some wounds off Gulliver and, and survive the combat as, uh, crucially, which was uh, important. So, uh, Alexis, well done. That puts you on four wins, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good luck for the rest of the yeah, tournament. Thank you, and you too. Thank you. Game number five. Uh, we're playing Command the Battlefield, and I'm playing up against Ivan. Ivan, uh, you have travelled across to the UK many, many times. Um, to play and we've, we've uh, had beers and stuff before but we've never had a chance to play on the tabletop so no, no. Uh, so first of all command the battlefield you've got what army just give us a run through of what you got I have Ugluk scouts so there's the four named heroes Snaga, Grishnak, Mauher and Ugluk there's 60 bodies another captain and a drum so it's got a bit of speed and it just has lots of bodies it's fast and it can actually kill things because of the plus one to wound Absolutely, and especially against a relatively high defence army like mine, I mean, when I get the shield wall anyway, it can be very, very handy indeed. Um, so it's Maelstrom a battle, we're trying to occupy table quarters except for the dead zone in the middle. Um, when, you, when you sort of knew that, what, what was your kind of idea? Did you have a plan and what were you hoping for, I guess? Well, Other than rolling well, well in your Maelstrom. Well, yes. So, uh, the, well, the basic plan for my army is to come on kind of in between two quarters because I'm fast enough to get to the third and then it's just a case of seeing where your army goes because obviously you've got half my miniatures so once you either you can either spread out and try and cover it or you can commit to one in which case my army can just go toward the other ones so it's just kind of come on in the middle here give myself options use my speed and numbers and to just spread out mm. uh, if you if you focus up I just leave uh, and if you spread out I we just walk forward yeah so and, and it's a pretty a pretty effective uh, plan really because I, I kind of dilly dallied a bit I came on in the, the right place no, no right one place, was screwed yeah. over by Maelstrom which was which was nice because that, that's sometimes a bit one-sided or it can be um, but I, I kind of came on roughly on one quarter and sort of spread pretty much into the middle yes. with the hope of maybe having uh, the option of going whichever way I wanted but you've got quite a lot of bow fire and, and I was taking a few hits from some shooting early on and I put blinding light up after a while Aragorn. yeah I had to spend two fate early on on Aragorn um, I did no, nothing disastrous but it was just no. enough to put the pressure on yes and it's just a bit like even Aragorn and Gandalf were killing loads of models there were still 30 models going over here to the force that had no heroes in it yeah so yeah, the that's the difficulty because I, I um, before I, uh, I started the, the tournament here I was talking about uh, what to do with the with the two heroes in something like this? Do you bunch them together or do you spread them out? What, what do you think the best option would have been? Uh, I think I probably would have. You see, I would I might have spread them out just because when you know that my leader has gone down to the left flank. Yeah. I would then want to maybe try to just abandon. Well, not abandon, but maybe sh retreat up and just defend this little building and send Aragorn north towards the pack that had Ugluk in it. Yeah. Just because, like these guys were not, were, like as, as as unreliable as he is, they were never going to kill Ugluk. No. Um, yeah, and I think that's. That I started. I kind of worried about that, and I, I committed both to Arag uh, Aragorn and Gandalf to, to the left flank as I looked at it to try and dominate one quarter. And I think I, I realised too late or that that perhaps it was a bad idea and wanted to withdraw them, and then just lost you a lost, few priorities in a row and two move offs in a row, yeah. which kind of just stopped Aragorn going yeah. anywhere. And, and also you were very clever you, you surrounded him with orcs that they weren't even charging him or anything most of the time so he was he was just kind of boxed in for a while he did end up getting over to the, the right place the very last turn but by then it was it was probably two turns too late yes well if there was another you would have gotten maybe an extra point if it had gone on one more turn because he would he would clear out the lads who were in this quarter you just own that quarter yeah so it's a case of he was just a little bit too late yeah I think that's the thing if I had one, one turn to clear out that quarter 
I have no I have no way of actually apart from the really lucky shooting I have no way of actually killing Aaron yeah, it's pretty tricky so if I, I cleared out that quarter and then maybe gotten into into Wugluck or certainly started chopping through the guys in the in the other quarter then maybe I'd have had it but I think it was just too too late really to realize that and that, that was it that was a bit of a fatal flaw and Gandalf ran out of mic quite quickly as well you were yes. quite clever I can't remember what I did spend the mic but I, it was just a couple of move-offs and uh, I struck because uh, Krishna yeah, tried to kill him. Blinding light because you kind of needed to. Yeah, yeah. And then no, you done a heroic combat, which was good. Yeah. And then I charged Krishnak in just to take the last one off you with a heroic strike off. Yeah, I think that that, that heroic combat. I'd forgotten about that because that was it was. I, I was hoping to really free Aragorn up and and send him out because that was one of the early bits where he'd been yes. surrounded and Gandalf heroic uh, combated off one orc and charged into another orc to help Aragorn out in his combat. He called another heroic combat to try and move on a bit. Uh, sadly, Aragorn failed in his, his heroic combat to, to do, do anything substantial, or, or I don't know whether he won it or not, but either way, it wasn't quite good enough. And that was an early point of might that Gandalf spent. His combat went well, yes. but the objective was to free Aragorn's up, which, which didn't quite work. And then when my, when my warriors meet your warriors, we both have relative... Well, most of the time I'll outfight you because you have lots of tin cans. Yeah. And just whenever I ca whenever the orcs do catch up, and they start wrapping around, my my troops will generally beat your troops. Oh yeah. So the hero's going to have to do something, and they kept getting pinned in. Yeah, yeah. So they couldn't they couldn't quite get out and kill as much as they needed to. Yeah, absolutely. Not as quickly as they needed to, anyway. Yeah, exactly. And th I think they did the majority of the work, but oh, yes. it just wasn't quite enough to do. I mean, Gandalf sources blasted uh, Grishnak into a wall, <laughs> killed him. That was great. That was uh, uh, Aragorn is very close to killing um, uh, in the zone for Lurts and, and Mauher, and he chopped his way through about 15 or so orcs uh, and Urukai. But it just wasn't quite enough because, as you mentioned, your army is so massive. You spread it out absolutely everywhere, and I can't be everywhere at once. Yes, yes, that's it. Uh, like, you didn't do anything wrong, it's just that you can't cover as much of the board as I can, and this, yeah. this particular mission is about covering the yeah. board. I would have quite liked, um, if we were going for Maelstrom, the whole ground would have been the one for me. Because yes. getting into the, in middle, the middle, and I've got my two big heroes just slooping around a soup I, of I orcs in the middle. Them. Yeah. That would have been fantastic. But either way, uh, it was an 8-1 victory to you in the end. I did hold the quarter, but not uh, this one uh, measly Urukai, uh, which halved my points. Uh, but you've got three other quarters, because you just doubled me in the quarter that Gandalf is still hanging about in. There's too many dead dudes over there. And so I just Ivan, avoided being broken as yeah, well. Yeah, just avoided. Well, how many was it? Two or three? Two. Two models off. God, can you imagine? Well, anyway, uh, well done to Ivan. Uh, it puts you on four wins in the tournament? Four wins, so far. Four wins and a loss. Four wins, one loss, and I'm on three wins and two losses. So You can get your four. I can get my four out of two. We'll find out in a few seconds what happens. Uh, final game of the uh, Irish System Open. I'm playing against Tom, who's uh, travelled all the way from Yorkshire. Yorkshire. <laughs> so, uh, Yorkshire. Yeah, Yorkshire, of course. Uh, and we're playing Fog of War. Um, so, Tom, just while you pack away your minis, just, just give us an idea of uh, the sort of stuff you've got in your army, because it's a bit of a mixed soup Isengard, I guess. Uh, I call it Isengard Hodgepodge. Okay. It's, it's Saruman as a leader with Grima for obvious reasons. Uh, we then take Groluf, uh, leading a warband of berserkers, Sharku leading in four wild riders, and Vrasku leading five crossbows. So you've got a real mix. Yeah, I mean, the, the plan is, it's an army that really, there's no scenario where it comes out of the pool and you go, oh my gosh, this is game over. There's a nice right in there, some range units, some cav, nice block of fight for, strength four, D6 troops, Cree brain flying over the top as well for objective play. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to maximize kind of the Isengard variety really. I don't really know another army list that has quite as much variety in the units and heroes you can take under one banner. 
Absolutely. Uh, and it's a fog of war, so we're trying to uh, assassinate a target, protect a hero, and also uh, choose a terrain piece. Um, so you've got, basically, we knew from the start, Gandalf the White, I had to protect him, you had to uh, attack him. Um, what, what was your plan? Did you have one? I'd love to say, yeah, no, I, I, I did have a plan, yeah. Um, so, the, to be honest with you, the plan was to try and drain as much of Gandalf's will as possible, leaving him open in later game for potentially a flame burst, if I could get close enough with Saruman, a Sorceress Blast, something just to try and take the edge off. Aragorn scared the hell out of me, yeah. so stay out of his way, I'll throw Grolof at him with the free heroic defence. Um, and the train piece, I did, did, I did a little bluff. I don't, th- I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, you fell for it personally, Harry. But I did, a, I did a little bluff. Uh, but, but yeah, I managed to get the train piece in the end, sending the huskal. And the reason with that is, if I was broken, uh, he's got bodyguard, so I'm not taking courage tests as long as Saruman's alive. Right. Okay. So that that's fine. Yeah, because you, you sent off a, a war rider contingent round the centerpiece uh, of terrain that's kind of on my side. So it could have been that. Uh, to be honest, I don't. I, it's less that um, I, I believe you're faint. It's more that um, I was kind of resigned to the fact that you're gonna you're gonna get an objective, and I, I want to make sure I get mine. So that was that was kind of the start. And um, from there, it, it was it was kind of a, a bit of a melee. There was a bit of toing and froing, trying to get get the line sorted you shot a bit but it was a bit ineffectual because you because of the blinding light um, and then it all kind of came down to um, who, who kind of dominated the the fights and sadly minister of tin cans aren't, aren't up to muster really I mean to be fair Harry it's not fair to label minister Tirith with your dice rolling that's uh, <laughs> that's something for a, a conversation for another day but to be honest with you like I said the fight for helps the strength for helps I've got six berserkers in the list list which is for me it's quite a high proportion and when you look at those guys the 15 points the fearless two attacks they can fight two-handed with the higher fight value they can faint they bring a lot to the table in that general melee yeah and and they did they certainly did when they uh, they killed they they killed proper good um but the, there was a, there was a few interesting um combinations of things that happened and um, there was one in particular that, that we we didn't really know the answer to so there was a I, I'm trying to structure it in my head, but there's two combats um, that are happening. All, but you, you sorceress blasted someone who was in combat, and the intention was to blast him into another combat. But we hadn't paired off fights, so we weren't sure which. They were all in base contact was yeah. the issue. They all could have technically fought each other mm. um, at that point, and I did have the priority. So, but obviously, we discovered the pairing is done at the end of the move phase. Yeah. This was during the move phase, so yeah. it did. It raised it raised some questions. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, it was a little bit of a bit of a sneaky try attempt to try and dismount Aragorn because Harry, uh, you, you played very well with your position of Aragorn and, and other guys, so you really didn't make it easy to get that blast off. Of course, off. I did the uh, protection of the Valar or whatever the other one is. Aragorn didn't have a single magical power cast on him all game. He finished with three will. No yeah. no point with that. Thing. There, wasn't, there was no point at all. And uh, so there were, there were loads of attempts to do that sort of stuff. Eventually you did Sorceress Blast Gandalf off the horse and into a rock and uh, charge him, and he, he, he's got three re-rollable fates, so he managed to uh, survive without a scratch I guess it kind of came down to um, who, uh, who who we chose to protect and kill um, because I I chose to kill Gorolf and you chose to protect Gorolf and we ha- I had to protect Gandalf and you ha- uh, had to kill Gandalf Very true. do you think I, I was right in choosing Gorolf? Um, it's a tricky question Harry um, personally I would have gone for Vraska he was isolated on his own whether Grolof was and with... We didn't know that until oh, we, we, chose, we chose them before very we deployed, true, very, of course. Very, very true, very true. Um, well, I, I mean, he's a softer target. He's, to... he's a soft target. He's usually going to be trying to make the most of the guys that he's with, the missiles, so he is probably going to be out on a limb. 
whether it's my play, and I'm sure a lot of other Isengard players with Grolof is, you keep him fairly close to Saruman, mm. just to counter any threat that's coming that way. He's a really, really useful speed bump. Um, and the, uh, targeting a hero that has free heroic defence, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's really may, maybe the play. It was one of those, we were both double bluffing. Yeah. Because realistically, I shouldn't have put Grolof as my hero to protect. I'm throwing him into Aragorn. But again, I'm making the most of that free hero defence and just trusting that he's not going to die. Yeah, I, I, I think my, my pl- thought was, Vrasku, um, I'd, I'd probably not have very many chances to get, get him yeah. because he's going to be really far away. And once I did try for him, I'd need to kill him in one go. Yeah. Um, so I kind of thought, well, and also I'd have to charge headlong into a load of crossbows. Very true. So th- that, was, that was my thought of him. Shark, I probably could have gone with Sharku, but I suspected you might run him round and maybe just not even engage the combat. Yeah, the, the, uh, to be honest, I kind of... Once you once you weren't trying to throw everything, I mean, I noticed you trying to stab him. You were trying to throw everything, but I honestly, I just thought it was too obvious of a play. Yeah. I was like, if it was Sharku, no, I don't think he'd be doing this yeah. just because. Yeah, that, that just tells me straight away. So, and, and also, I'd probably move my heroes that way a bit yes, more. But, exactly. Sharku but, was very isolated from your heroes. Yeah. So. My, my logic, I probably could have gone with Grimmer, and that was my that was my second choice. But um, I thought Grimmer, if if I play, if I did even one attempt at magicking him, he'd be he'd be off the, uh, hiding away somewhere, and I'd never get a chance at him. So I thought, go off the man. If I just get one immobilize off, it's, you don't get your free heroic defense. Aragorn goes smashing straight into him and kills it's, him. It's, in very, one it's very true. It's very true. However, I would say that. Um, the fact that you Grimmer managed to stay in the game the whole game yeah. and stay within six inch of Aragorn it cost you those extra might points it did yeah. and I'm not saying that would have altered the game but it certainly would have put you in a position of strength sat there with Aragorn with more might than yeah. when he's having to call two every turn even with the free one it, it, as you saw it quickly eats away yeah he had three heroic strikes essentially and that was it but the um, I, I think had, had I got any of the immobilizers off on Gorolf and I did try three turns in a row uh, to do it and failed um, which which was annoying but I, I thought that was the chance to kill him but as you say uh, he's got three heroic defence so I should have been perhaps more cautious with my choice either way Tom it was a, it was a really interesting game you ended up winning by three points because you broke me and I didn't break you um, so 9-6 to you um, so what does that put you on uh, over the whole weekend then? Uh, I've gone 4-2 yeah. which is nice this is my first ever two day event um, first ever event in Ireland I just want to um, give a massive shout out to uh, the event organiser here Michael, yeah, Michael yeah. He's, he's put on an amazing event for us if there, anyone listens to this in the UK I can highly recommend next time these boys put on an event get yourself over because it's uh, it's interesting it's a high a high standard of, of play, I would say. Yeah. Um, and let's face it, it's Dublin. It's a, it's a cracking night out afterwards, yeah. isn't it? So. Yeah, it's been, it's been really fun here, and they've been really welcoming to us international travellers. So, uh, Tom, well done for, uh, for the game. Well done on the 4-2. It remains elusive for me, but I'll get there eventually. Thanks for the game. Thanks, Harry. Uh, uh, I know, I know. I'm banging my head on the table in frustration. Um... You might have been able to hear it, hear it at points in those interviews, but, oh, man, I'm so frustrated. Three wins on day one, and then day number two, three losses. I can't believe this fourth uh, win is eluding me so much. And, you know, I, there, were, there were a couple of moments where um, I really did feel very unlucky uh, today, but there were lots of moments where I just felt like I played a bit badly as well and that's even more frustrating as well and uh, in particular at the start of the the tournament I played quite well against uh, the Angmar army um I got Gandalf and Aragorn in the right place um but 
and sort of, sort of you know, capture and oh, what was not capturing controllers is divide and conquer, which is like the worst mission for me, absolutely. Um, so that was a, that was a frustrating moment, but I, I thought I played it relatively well. It's just that after that, it didn't. I just didn't get the opportunity to do what I needed to do against um, Gulliver and against uh, the Witch King and all those paralyzers. I just just couldn't couldn't put up with it really. So that was frustrating. Um, and uh, yeah, the other the other games. Um, Ivan Sheehan is a cracking player, great great lad as well. Um, and he, his army just completely completely dominates me in the scenario we we played the the uh, where command the battlefield where you've got. Uh, you just got to have numbers everywhere because I mean if we'd have been had a pitch battle I reckon I, I like my chances of just tearing through or maybe whole ground tearing through uh, the Urukai but no they had spread out and that's fine you know it I, again I, I think maybe maybe I've been unlucky in the sense that the scenarios have been really hard for me to win um but I you know I don't want to blame it on all on that because my opponents have played really really well today uh, and Tom at the end um he he just he just knew how to just knew how to sort it out and fog of war i you know i maybe i chose the wrong person but i got unlucky with a few rolls and i just i couldn't handle saruman and his grimmer friend oh it was just so frustrating um but i really really enjoyed playing with gandalf and aragorn it's been an absolute pleasure uh leading two heroes that you love uh, so much into battle and sort of feeling like you're getting to grips with them um, while the tournament goes along was an absolute pleasure and I have played with them both before separately but this was really exciting I loved uh, I loved just using them both and I felt that like the army around it was was solid enough uh, and large enough I suppose that actually they they had a kind of crutch on which to lean um, and let those sort of big guys do the work obviously as we said earlier it all depended on how well the heroes did and when the heroes did well it absolutely destroyed things but when the heroes fluffed the dice or you know uh, didn't get the uh, immobilize off or or you know couldn't strike or i didn't win priority so you know those sorts of things any of those things happen too many of those things going the wrong way you can just it all falls apart and that's that i think that's kind of happened a few times but having said that loved it absolutely loved it and it was an absolute pleasure to play at the tournament so with that in mind um let's briefly have a chat with um uh, michael bradford who of course organized this tournament and has been so wonderful and welcoming um i haven't really touched on this during the podcast but i did a lot in the youtube video on the battle games in middle earth youtube channel um which uh, you'll be able to see a bit of if you're interested. Um, basically, he, he Michael was so wonderful and welcoming. He gave us goodie bags. Um, he gave us advice on where to go, where to stay. Um, he was very welcoming to uh, my fiance Louise, who came along for the journey, and we went on holiday um, afterwards and visited lots of really exciting places. And you can see a little bit of that on uh, the YouTube as well. Um, and Michael was just an absolute gentleman. Um, so anyway, as tournament organiser, I always like to talk to the tournament organiser before the winner of the event. So let's hand over to Michael. So uh, the tournament organiser here at uh, in, in Ireland, in Dublin, is Michael, Michael Bradford. And you've um, basically, you, you've made a name for yourself of inviting lots of people from around the world. You've pulled in quite a few people here to, to the Irish tournament here in Dublin. Um, how do you feel about that, first of all? Really great, really happy to have them. It's just fantastic to have the buy-in from the internationals and there were many more who are interested but uh, couldn't make it this time. 
hopefully the guys who came this year come back next year and other people feel welcome to come and uh, we'll really look forward to having them. It's just such an honour to have their representation, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of people from Belgium and a few of us English lads came over as well, so absolutely amazing as well as the, the, the consistent strong support from your, your, your Irish compatriots, yeah. so it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it, it's really great and yeah, just the support from the local lads as well, it's, it's just a fantastic community. We sort of say iron sharpens iron here and you know we've got a really high standard of play so just a good competitive bunch together and uh, we're looking forward to crossing more borders absolutely fantastic so uh, just tell us a little bit about the tournament because um the 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 way it, the, the way it's point structured is, is a little bit unusual and, and I, I've, I've not encountered it before myself and some people might be interested so just just explain how it all works yeah no worries uh, so the system sort of originally came from a fellow called Ivan Sheehan who's a good background in uh, 40k competitively I think uh, and basically what it is is everyone starts on a score of 12-12 and then you subtract or add the VP difference uh, to that score at the end of the game based on the final result. Uh, we've also tweaked it slightly so that um, if you get a minor win by one or two points you automatically get uh, 15 tournament points instead of uh, 13 or 14. Uh, this just sort of represents the, the fact that you got a victory uh, a little more whilst your opponent doesn't also get an extra penalty for losing there. Right, I see, I see. So, uh, so this the kind of, it's a fascinating one because it means that you've got to really, really try and score as many VPs in, in every game as you possibly can because it can, can have a knock-on effect to the whole tournament. Yeah, it, it, I think the, the, the purpose of it is to really represent a, a major victory and a major victory is won whilst encouraging people to play for every single point even if they lose or play for the draw because you know that you can still score really highly in the or even podium or even win uh, with some minor losses some draws uh, if you get some big victories as well right okay fascinating and and just generally you know the the tournament here it's it's a, a lovely little venue in, in kind of center of dublin and and I, we've mentioned the, the support here but the, the the venue is really nice and it seems like it's it's developing from what i gather it's kind of expanding and they're working on uh, improving the shop as well and knocking through to the next door because it's kind of a separate room but it's a really lovely space perfect size for, for the tournament of the size that we've got yeah no so I'd opened it to 40 people and uh, after dropouts I think we we're at about 22 uh, which is fine great crowd as I said um, but yes with the this store has been open like a year uh, so they're building 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 more terrain more mats and uh, sound system lights uh, eventually opening the shop up so you know you could get the guts of 60 80 people here in future depending on if it's well stocked enough to run a tournament that people will feel adequately represents uh, good boards and um, a good opportunity for them. So. Well, it's, it's a brilliant place and I, I want to say a personal thank you to you as well because uh, we, we've all got goodie bags of uh, crisps and called Tato's and, and I know you've given out special um, sort of uh, goodie bags to, to, to Louise, my, uh, my fiancé, who's come and travelled as well and, and all, all these extra special little, little tokens for, for us international travellers so I really, really appreciate that, Michael. You're so welcome. It's been so lovely to have you and Louise. Thank you for making the trip, making a holiday of it. I hope you enjoy the rest of it. And thank you for the shout outs and the coverage on uh, the podcast, which I'm a big fan of and uh, looking forward to hearing more stuff from you. I'm looking forward to hearing you uh, back in your own headphones <laughs> from this interview. Thanks very much, Michael. Thank you. Thank you very much, Harry. I just want to reiterate again. Michael's a fantastic bloke, lovely person, and is making such a fantastic effort 
to growing his independent community in Ireland and you know like for a long time Ireland has had a quite a small scene but it is growing a little bit a little bit by bit there's a really fantastic group of players they're really excellent players all of them they're all great fun we had a wonderful time on the uh, on the Saturday night uh, having food and uh, and Guinness and things like that It, it was just an absolute pleasure and on the Friday to be fair and I would just highly, highly recommend anyone, um, if you if you can fly over to Dublin um, or wherever the next uh, big Irish tournament is, I would highly recommend it. Um, you know, seek out the the people involved, message them. You know, say what should I do, where should I go. They'll be super helpful, I'm sure, and um, I'm sure they'd appreciate the international travellers uh, to the tournament like they did this time because it was just. It was fantastic. It was really, 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 really welcoming. And it has also inspired me. I want to make sure that, A, some Irish folk come to my tournament in October. So uh, that invite is still out there uh, for all those people I played and spoke to um, uh, during the course of the Dublin tournament. Um, but also, it's made me want to go uh, to other countries as well. Not this year, probably. I'm still saving for a wedding. But um, at some point, um, I will definitely be travelling and, and we'll go abroad once more. Um, so that's pretty much it. Um, I'm going to have a quick, brief chat with the uh, winner of the tournament because um, we always do um, but it was brief because the um, the venue was closing as we uh, uh, as we sort of uh, started managed to get the microphone on so uh, we kind of moved outside um, hopefully it still sounds audible um, and also it's we've already spoken to him anyway because he gave me a good thrashing at the start of the day it's of course alexis so alexis first of all well done on the the victory we're just being kicked out of the uh, the venue now it's closing doors but um you you uh, sort of stomped me uh, earlier on today and you've had three extra wins today or is it just two uh, i did not get an extra win after you oh right so uh, you you won four in total uh, yeah, yeah 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 i did draw against the coastalist and then i lost again uh my opponent from yesterday playing scouts. Right, Ugluk scouts. That's Ivan Sheehan, isn't it? So, so, for, so in general, the the Angmar list. I mean, it's uh, people kind of describe it as being quite a, a, a harshly competitive list. So, how have you found that, that it's successful? Yeah, definitely. And I've only struggled against natural counters. Uh, I feel like uh, the opponent needs to be uh, a bit lucky to be able to overcome all the magic and flying. Uh, yeah, the flying monsters, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a, it's a really tough list. And so, in those games um, that you you did lose or draw today, what 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 sort of swung it uh, those ways? Was it was it purely down to dice? And you can be honest here. Well, I did uh, play well against the uh, Corsa list, where I made him afraid and uh, drew uh, some time off. And he would have killed me if we played a couple more turns, but it was too late for him to come back to the game. Right. And against the Oglock list, he did get some lucky. Uh, charges that allowed him to kill the Witch King. Right. And once the Witch King goes down, it, it all starts falling apart, I suppose. Well, yeah. The Witch King goes down, I lose the terror around it, the Orcs dies, and then I get broken easier. Yeah, yeah it all falls apart. Right, okay. But uh, either way, uh, a win, and you'll, you'll be taking, a, a, not necessarily this army to the ETC, but you'll be going off to ETC and representing Belgium, is that right? Yes, that's very right. Yeah. And, and you'll be coming back to Ireland for it? Maybe. How are you feeling about that? Uh, I think we got a solid team and a uh, very solid uh, army composition. And I think we have a shot. We have a shot to, to be decent. Yeah. Well, watch out. They're coming for you, everyone. Uh, Belgium and Alexis in particular, uh, taking home the, the trophy for this tournament. And he's coming, uh, he's coming back to Ireland for that ETC. Thank, well, thanks very much for talking to me again and well done.
Yeah, thank you very much. There you go. That's Alexis, winner of the tournament. So well done to him. Um, he absolutely destroyed me in the uh, uh, the game that we played, and he played it perfectly. Like, I mean, I said earlier that divide and conquer is not ideal for my army, and it absolutely wasn't. But that doesn't mean that Alexis A wasn't really cautious with where he put his models, um, but B also. Um, it, he he knew exactly when to pounce and when to do things and how to. He just he just knew it. He knew the army by, uh, like the back of his hand. So um, if you're playing him at any point at the ETC, which I believe he's uh, going to the European Team Championships, uh, which is like the international uh, top ranking players um, tournament. If you're playing him, be wary. He's good uh, from Belgium. Um, so yeah, he he just knew what to do. And so well done to him for winning the tournament. And. And again, thanks to Michael and all the other Irish uh, uh, people who um, were so welcoming to uh, to me uh, this weekend. It's been fantastic. With that in mind, um, just one final thing. Um, if you uh, are excited for uh, for more content about this, do check out the YouTube video. Um, I've done like a whole battle report of the very first game against Azog and Aragorn. Um, so have a have a watch of that and see a little bit about the moves and uh, things like that. It's it's I think it's quite a good watch. Um, it's shorter than normal uh, things and it's got some extra fun in as well. So do check that out, Battle Games in Middle Earth on YouTube. And also, if you like the podcast and if you are a big fan and want to support it, um, you know, I, I'm not saying it went on the plane ticket because it didn't, but um, if you want to become a Patreon, um, please do support um, the podcast uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Battle Games in Middle Earth. And it just helps me um, host the events and buy cameras and so I host the podcast on uh, what's it called on SoundCloud and things. Um, it helps me buy the kit to do things like going over to abroad and, you know, it just encourages me to keep going and consider it a tip jar if you really enjoy it. Um, then feel free to throw some coins in as well um, and there's like a buy me a beard link as well if you find it all on YouTube it's fine um, and that's pretty much it so coming up soon the conclusion to the Slow Grow Hand League so uh, locally the Imps Gaming uh, Club and uh, Tim Elwes uh, re regular on the podcast has been organising a slow grow for uh, local people to encourage them to get into the game start at 400 it'll end 800 I think 400 500 600 700 800 that's right um and we've got two more games left to play or three games potentially I can't remember um and I was winning every single game so far in the uh, the slow grow league how will I fare find out in the next end move Boo, I run.